This is WomensLeadershipSuccess.com Radio, episode number 77. Do you want to know one of the biggest challenges to good leadership? It's managing change effectively. And yet the research shows that 70% of all change initiatives fail. Why is that? One of the top reasons is because it is not addressed head-on with the very people who need to implement the change. Have you experienced this? If not, at some point this will happen in your career, your department, or at your company at large. Join us today and learn how to implement change successfully with author Ellen Oster, who has more than 25 years' experience specializing in strategic transitions and transformations. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio. Today, I'm talking to Ellen Oster, who has more than 25 years' experience as an academic and consultant specializing in strategic transitions, transformations, and turnarounds. She's also professor of strategic management and the founding director of the Schultz Center for Teaching Excellence at the Schultz School of Business. She has re- recently written Stragility, Excelling at Strategic Changes. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you so much. It's great to be here, Sabrina. Well, I really enjoyed reading your book, and I'm, I'm really curious. You said that 70% of change initiatives fail. Why is that? So I think we're all quite familiar, you know, with disruptive external forces, constant global competition, demanding customers. Change is really the new normal um, in today's business world, and that means constant change for us as change leaders. And while many of us may be really pretty brilliant at strategy and kind of developing the plan, um, faced with those external pressures, we're often tempted to kind of move too fast and lock and load on maybe the first viable strategy that emerges. Um, We're facing time pressures, so we need to tell and sell the change and kind of get it done fast. We may walk away from the politics because it looks too sticky and too controversial. And what we end up with then is um, failed change and also change fatigue, which may haunt the next change we try to take on. Um, That makes a lot of sense, and I've certainly seen that a lot in the the companies that I work with. And I I think, um, and you've, you've kind of said it a little bit, but one of the things I see happening is people act as if the change isn't happening. Um you know the the owner of the company didn't die we didn't we didn't just merge with another company um our profits didn't just fall so they don't really ever address it um and i assume you're going to uh, you're going to talk about that more as we we ask more questions here any comment on that or yeah i mean i think you know particularly a change that we're unclear what the purpose is we're unclear the rationale and the why for the change and we may be a bit foggy on 
what's really changing and how it's going to happen. Um, denial is a natural response, right? Until I really know more, I'm not going to pay attention. My plate is already overloaded and I have way too much to do. So until it's really front and center and clear to me, I'm I'm not going to be very engaged on it. That makes a lot of sense. I, I want to ask you what stragility is and how it's different from other change strategies. Yeah, great question. So stragility actually arose one day a couple of years ago when I was my fingers were f- flying a little slower than my brain, and I was trying to type strategic agility, and out of my screen came stragility, and I thought, wow, that's such a beautiful word. I really like that word. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so stragility is strategic, agile, and we add a third dimension, people-powered change. Um, And how it's really different from other change strategies is so often we find in our work, and I'm sure you find that as well, people are really focusing on the hardware of change, the strategy, the metrics, the plans. But the people-powered side is less clear in terms of how to lead it um, and also seems more complicated. So I think one of the big differentiators of our approach is we do have that strategic element being attuned to external game-changers and anchored in strategy and purpose. Uh, but we also have the people power dimension, which we'll, I'm sure, elaborate in, in later on in the show around um, really addressing the politics and also systematically working to inspire and engage people and unleash kind of the potential that we find again and again is, is all over the organization, but so often isn't really tapped and change. And then there's a third piece, which is the agility, which is all about morphing and adapting in today's change. And we mm-hmm. can talk about some tools for that. But also seeing today's change as an opportunity to build the skills and capabilities for tomorrow's change. Mm-hmm. So we're focusing as much on the content, you know, the what of change, as we are on how we do it and strengthening skills throughout the organization. So we can tap into those change leaders that are, are really found everywhere in most of our businesses. Uh, that makes sense, and I, the thing that comes up for me is how much of an expert are you on this subject? How much have you researched this area? How much, how much time do you have into putting it into practice? So um, I am an academic, so I, I've done years of research, and there's, there's actually also great studies out there that are um, at other universities, but also um, McKinsey and a bunch of other the big consulting houses now are publishing information. And then uh, uh, I've been a practitioner for almost 25 years, and most recently with this book, I've been working with actually someone who was a longtime client of mine, and then um, she's recently stepped out of her, her role at Procter & Gamble, and so we're working together um, leading our change management practice, okay. which is called Agility. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I I love what you're saying. Strategic, agile, people powered. Um and what what kind of leader is most effective at implementing this type of strategic, agile and people powered initiatives? So I think so often in business we focus on the rational side of change, which is absolutely essential, that hardware piece. But I think the kind of leader that's really most effective at leading change is one who can balance that rational side with the relational side. You know, the relational side often gets short shrift when we're under those kind of 
external constant changes, the new normal pressures. And so I think um, what we want to be doing is ensuring that we're cultivating that relational aspect of leading change as well as kind of the plan and the analytics and the kind of business case for change. That makes a lot of sense. Ellen, can you give us an example of a company that's done that? Yeah, so um, one example that I, that I think is a great example of kind of distributing ownership and balancing the rational and relational is a global port um, that was facing incredible competition from other ports. And ports, you know, they handle cruise ships and they handle cargo ships, and it's, you know, maybe pretty massive change to think about, well, how do you, how do you turn around a global port? And they did a lot of the things that we would see as totally aligned with strategy. Um, to begin with, they thought of a mantra, like a, a couple word phrase that could anchor the change for everybody and make it clear that common purpose that we were talking about a bit earlier in, in the interview. So their mantra was from rough waters to smooth sailing because they are a port, right? So they have this smooth sailing mantra. And rather than try to execute change from the top, they really went to the people and asked them for their ideas. If we were going to be the smooth sailing port, what would that look like? And they heard from everybody in a very cascading kind of process, back and forth, lots of two-way communication. And so, for the example, for example, the shipping agents said, you know, um, we have great ideas for how to pr kind of improve cycle times, turnaround times for these cruise ships and um, and um, cargo and freight ships. And IT said, we could be doing a lot more on technology. There's so many better ways we can be interacting with these ships way before they come into port to kind of be more efficient once they dock. And everybody right down to the parking lot attendants who said, you know, rather than just kind of taking people's money when they come into the parking lot, we could actually help people carry strollers and make sure their kids get on board and hand out the occasional swag, you know. <laughs> and so it's just a lovely example of really engaging everybody from the front lines to the C-suite around how do we bring this smooth sailing mantra alive? And all about building those relationships that enable people to feel comfortable contributing to the process and then validating uh, their input by actually putting the ones that made sense into action. That's a beautiful example. So they 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 brought the mantra alive. They they deepened their relationships with each other. And they got everybody engaged and empowered to make this change initiative happen. Is that right? Yeah. Did I bring miss? it to life? Yeah, they absolutely. brought it to life. Yeah. And so, yeah. really, you, I was going to ask you how you enroll people in the uh, change initiative, and um, and why why is this crucial? And you've kind of answered it, but if you could fill that out a little more, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So we do need that compelling why, that business case that tells people why why should I stop doing what I'm doing now and start to do things differently. The other thing we found really helpful is story. So to have stories, whether it's from the frontline customers or internal customers, 
um, or the pain points internally, explaining why things aren't working well now and, and what an alternative vision for the future might look like. And then this idea of mantra, which we've just talked with, about Global Port. You know, for them it was smooth sailing. At P&G it was consumer is boss. At TELUS it was we put customer 